Take the word of God with me and we'll go back to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. This morning we began studying the character of Timothy, uh, the man whom God chose uh, for Paul to pass the baton to. The Apostle Paul had preached the gospel throughout the known world. He'd planted many churches. He'd made many disciples, uh, but his time was nearing its end. And he was very concerned that his gospel work would continue, that it would go on. And so he gave Timothy the charge, the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. That's the theme for our uh, faithful men foundry. And so this, this morning we were looking at what made Timothy uh, the type of man uh, that could receive such a great responsibility. Uh, what made him capable of, of carrying the baton of the gospel uh, faithfully and taking it from the Apostle Paul, taking on such a massive responsibility. And first this morning we saw that uh, Timothy was a saint. He was a saint. He uh, was a child of God. He was born again. Uh, Christ working through him enabled him to bring honor and glory to God. And then number two, we saw that not only was he a saint, but he was a servant. And uh, we said that every sinner needs to become a saint, and every saint must become a servant. And when we looked at the example of Timothy this morning, we saw that he was willing to do menial work. No task was too small. And that's something I love about Metro Baptist Church. This room is filled with people. No task is too small. Uh, willing to sweep. Uh, willing to mop. Uh, willing to do any number of tasks. If it's for the Lord, you want to do it. And that's why I believe God's blessing our church, because it's filled with some servants. Uh, but Timothy not only did menial work, uh, he did mission work. And Paul sent him on some very difficult missions. He had to go deal with the Corinthian church, the most messed up church uh, in the New Testament. And he was sent to represent the Apostle Paul. But again, no task was too big. If God sent him on the mission, if it was something that God called him to do as an ambassador for Christ, he was going to do it. And so Timothy was a saint. Uh, he was a servant. And tonight we're going to see that he was a soldier. He was a soldier. As a child of God, as a saint, God is not only concerned that we be servants, faithfully doing whatever he calls us to do, but he's calling us to be soldiers. And he's looking out, especially among the men of our church, and he's looking for some soldiers tonight. So would you read with me 2 Timothy 1, verse 8. Let's go ahead and read verse 7 as well. We'll read these together out loud. Verses 7 and 8 of 2 Timothy 1. Ready? Begin. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner. But be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this privilege once again to open your word. And we pray that you would speak to us from it. And Lord, that you would look out among us and work in our hearts and stir us up to be good soldiers of Jesus Christ. We pray that your son would be lifted up in our midst, that we'd see him 
as the greatest example of a soldier and that we would be drawn to worship and to praise him and to follow his example. Father, I ask that you'd help me as the preacher to just uh, be a vessel that your Holy Spirit can use. Please give me wisdom, strengthen my voice, and, and just guide every word that's said. And I pray that you'd help their pe your people. They've had a long week. Uh, they're tired. They've had a long day. And I pray that you give them the strength to listen and to receive what you have for them tonight. And I pray that you'd help us to leave this building with a determination in our heart to be good soldiers of Jesus Christ. Please speak to us now as only you can. In Jesus' name, amen. If we're going to follow the example of Timothy, if we're going to be soldiers of the Lord Jesus Christ, number one, we must be proud of his flag. Proud of his flag. Throughout most of history, flags have played a significant role in warfare. Uh, most of us have seen that iconic image of the American soldiers planting the flag on Iwo Jima. Uh, there's even a, a video of it as well that you can see in real time that flag going up. Uh, in some eras of more ancient warfare, or not ancient, but uh, not as the modern times, the flag was, really had a practical purpose. Uh, in the, the dust and the smoke of battle, uh, the, the men could find their regiment they got far away, they could, they could look and see the flag and know where their regiment was and, and get back to their, their leader, get back to their, their fellow soldiers and, and fight with them. So it had a practical purpose, but I believe throughout history, what is more significant than that practical purpose is the symbolic purpose of a flag. Uh, I believe it, it represents for the soldier what I'm fighting for. I am fighting for my nation. Uh, I'm fighting perhaps for the leader that, that, uh, of my nation. And if a soldier is not proud of the flag for which he is fighting, he's not going to be a good soldier. Uh, we talked to Brother Young, and uh, you know, I think he's mentioned it in his prayer letters. There's quite a few men in Russia being drafted into the army, and they're not proud of the cause they're fighting for. They don't want to fight. It's not a cause to be proud of. And so those kind of soldiers going into battle, it's a terrible way to have to fight, to not even be proud of the cause for which you're fighting. But we as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are commanded here with Timothy, be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. You know, those soldiers in Russia and in, in wars throughout history, they had reason to be ashamed of the causes that maybe they were fighting for. But we as believers have nothing to be ashamed of. We can be proud of the flag that we represent. And what is this flag that we carry into battle every day? It's the flag of the gospel. The death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is what we carry into battle. That is what we fight for. This battle-type language, especially in reference to Christ as our captain, if you could jot down Hebrews 2, verse 10. There, the Lord Jesus is referred to as the captain of our salvation. The captain of our salvation. And I love uh, how the Holy Spirit puts it in Colossians 2, verses 13 through 15. This, this victorious terminology of what our captain 
the Lord Jesus did for us and, and why we should never be ashamed of Him. Colossians 2, verses 13 through 15, And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath He quickened together with Him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to His cross. And I love this, having spoiled principalities and powers, all the forces of the evil one, He made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Christian, you must realize that the cross is not a picture of defeat. The cross is a glorious picture of victory because when the Lord Jesus died for our sins and then rose again, He triumphed over our enemies. He triumphed over death. He triumphed over sin. He triumphed over the devil. He is the captain of our salvation and we should never be ashamed of Him. We need to be proud of our flag. This is why we sing Onward, Christian Soldiers. And we haven't sung it in a while. It's just not the same without Miss Beatum. Uh, but Miss Tiffany does a great job. But this is why we sing Onward, Christian Soldiers, marching as to war with the cross of Jesus going on before. Christ, the royal master, leads against the foe, forward into battle. See his banner go. Christian, can I ask you tonight, are you proud of the flag you represent? Do you carry it into battle every day? Stand up, stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. Lift high His royal banner. It must not suffer loss. People have bled and died and given their life for a flag of, of fabric, representing flawed states and flawed human beings, but we get to carry the flag of the eternal, immortal gospel into battle every day. From victory unto victory, his army shall he lead. Our captain never loses. Do you realize that when you're fighting with the Lord Jesus and fighting according to his battle plan, you cannot lose. From victory unto victory, his army shall he lead till every foe is vanquished and Christ is Lord indeed. Aren't you looking forward to the day when every foe is vanquished and Christ is Lord over all? Christian, don't be ashamed of your captain. You have nothing to be ashamed of. Turn with me to Revelation chapter 19. You know why the Apostle Paul in 2 Timothy 1 could tell Timothy, don't be ashamed. Because he was setting that example and he said, in 2 Timothy 1, he said, for the which cause I also suffer these things, nevertheless I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. I've committed my life, my soul, my all to the Lord Jesus, and He's going to keep it until that day. What day? Well, I believe in, in some respects He's referring to this day that we see in Revelation chapter 19. You want to know who your captain is and what He looks like? 
and who it is that you represent and who it is you get to fight for and whose banner you get to carry into battle every day. Verse 11 of Revelation 19, And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him was called Faithful and True. The cause we fight for, it's a true cause. The captain we fight for is faithful. He's never going to let you down. And in righteousness, he doth judge and make war. There is no unfair war with the Lord Jesus. It's righteousness that he fights for. Verse 12, this is our captain. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses. Who's in those armies? That's the the armies of the saints. Clothed in white linen, white and clean. And we're not going to have to fight because he's going to do all the fighting. Verse 15, out of his mouth goeth the sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. One day there's going to be no more corrupt prime ministers or presidents. He's going to rule. And right now he's at the Father's throne expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And this is your captain, Christian. He hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. And are you and I going to be ashamed of him? The one who sits on heaven's throne. There is none higher. There is none greater. And that is who we fight for. Be not ashamed of your captain. Be proud of his flag. Number two, if we're going to follow the example of Timothy, not only need to be proud of our flag, but we need to be partaker of afflictions. Notice our text back in 2 Timothy chapter 1. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me as prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel. When a young man enlists in the army, uh, unless he's a real dimwit, unless, unless he hasn't been around the block very much, he has an idea of what he's signing up for. He knows that when he joins the army, there's going to be boot camp. There's going to be some kind of basic training. He has an idea that what he's signing up for is not easy. He very well knows that he could see combat. He knows that in combat he could be wounded or even killed. When he enlists, unless he's just totally unaware... He knows what he's signing up for. He knows it's going to be difficult. He knows it's going to be hard. And so when he's in boot camp, he's in basic training, it might be hard. He might give up. He might want to give up. But at least he's not surprised because he knew what he was signing up for. You know, there are a lot of Christians who don't know what they signed up for. 
who don't know that when they put on the the t-shirt at the baptism that says, I have decided to follow Jesus, that they, they stood on the side of Christ's flag and they lifted up. And by making that decision, they declared to the enemy, I'm against you. And they don't understand that they immediately became a target. That they immediately entered a war zone that they weren't even aware of before. That they didn't even know existed. But when someone makes the decision to follow Christ, they are signing up for a difficult life. Christ Jesus said in Luke 9.23, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. You know, that's like saying in our day, they don't really use it much anymore, but the only equivalent that I can think of, let him take up the electric chair daily and follow me. That's what that would have sounded like to his disciples in that day. Take up the electric chair, instrument of death, instrument of cruelty. Take it up every day. That's what it's going to take to follow me. Being willing to give everything being willing to go through any kind of pain, any kind of hardship for me. Because that's what I did for you. If you're going to serve the Lord Jesus, if you're going to take the baton of the gospel, be faithful with it and commit it to others, it's going to be hard. Because we're in a battle. We're in a battle every day of our lives between truth and lies. A battle between good and and evil, and there's no use throwing your hands up and saying, I, I wish I didn't have to fight. When you said, I decide to follow Jesus, you entered the battle whether you realized it or not. And you have a choice, Christian. You can get up every single day and say, I'm going to fight for the Lord Jesus, or you can just lay down and let the enemy destroy you. And it's your choice. The Christian life is hard. Second Timothy 3.12. Here's how the Apostle Paul put it. Timothy, just so you know, all that will live godly, all that want to, that make any kind of attempt to live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. It's guaranteed. And, and uh, what this persecution looks like, what it feels like may differ depending on where you live or your circumstances. But if you are going to be a faithful soldier of Jesus Christ, you're going to experience persecution in some way or another. But notice the, the language of our text in 2 Timothy 1. It says, be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel. Partaker there. It, it, it has the idea of sharing in something with someone else. We talk about partaking food together or partaking of the Lord's Supper. It's something you do in community with others. And when you read the New Testament, you find that the closer you want to get to the Lord Jesus, the more you're going to have to be willing to endure battles, to endure suffering, to endure hardship, because that's the afflictions of the gospel. This is why the Apostle Paul referred to the fellowship of Christ's sufferings. You want to have a close relationship with the Lord Jesus, then you better be willing, like it says in 2 Timothy 2.3, to endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. 
Because where are you going to meet the Lord Jesus? Where are you going to enjoy fellowship with Him? In the heat of the battle, because that's where He is. And we've got to make the choice. I'm going to be partaker of afflictions. I'm going to be willing to do whatever's necessary to fight for my captain. Number three tonight. Not only do we need to be proud of our flag and partaker of afflictions, but we need to be persevering in the fight. Persevering in the fight. That's really the tenor of this whole epistle. Persevere. Keep going, Timothy, no matter how hard it gets. Verse 13 of, of chapter 1. Hold fast the form of sound words. Verse 14, that good thing which was committed unto thee, keep by the Holy Ghost. Keep on keeping on, Timothy. Hold on. Persevere. Endure hardness. Persevere in the fight. And Christian, if we look to ourselves to try to persevere, to be partaker of the afflictions, to have the strength in and of ourselves to fight for the Lord Jesus, it won't happen. We'll give up. We'll fail. We'll say, there's no way I'm doing this. The only way you can be a partaker of afflictions and persevere in this fight is to look to the one who's fought your battles for you and to keep your eyes fixed on him, fixed on the captain of our salvation. The Lord Jesus was a soldier of all soldiers. I love Luke 9, 51. It came to pass when the time was come that he should be received up, he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. Lord Jesus, knowing everything that would befall him, the scourging, the mocking, the cruelty, the spitting, the, the denial by his disciples, the betrayal by Judas, knowing everything that would happen to him, he steadfastly set his face toward Jerusalem as a good soldier for his father. In the garden, Luke 22, verse 42 through 44, we get a glimpse of the agony of what the Lord Jesus knew was about to happen when he'd be separated from his Father, when his Father's wrath would be poured out on him, when he would become sin for us, knowing all that would befall him. He said, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. You know why that's in the Bible? To let us know that the Lord Jesus knew everything that was about to happen, and he still took it. Mark 15, verse 30. He's hanging on the cross, writhing in pain knowing that in a split second he could be delivered from it all if he so chose. And those mocking him said, save thyself and come down from the cross. But Christian, aren't you glad he didn't come down? And when you feel like giving up, when you feel like it's too hard, when you feel like quitting, look at the Lord Jesus on the cross who didn't come down because he loved you. And can't you return that love and say, I'm not going to give up because he didn't give up on me. John 19, verse 30. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, not in defeat, 
But in glorious victory, he said, it is finished. Christian, God has a race for you to run, a battle for you to fight, and you need to fight until it's finished. Because that's what the Lord Jesus did. His life was not taken from him. He freely laid it down. And when he had paid the price for our sin in full, he said, it is finished. And he fought to the very end. Acts 2 verse 24. He died for us, finishing what he came to do. Whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death. And I love this, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. Death couldn't handle him. The grave couldn't hold him. Nothing could defeat our Savior. 1 Corinthians 15, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Every single day, we need to get up knowing the battles that we're going to face, knowing it's going to be hard, knowing there's going to be temptation, and we need to say at the beginning of the day, thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Christian, we need to, we need to grab hold of these words in 2 Corinthians 10.4. Though we walk in the flesh in a weak frail human body, though we get tired, though we feel like we should give up, though we feel like we can't go on any longer, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. This flesh is weak, but the Holy Spirit of God inside us is not. And the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not of the flesh, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And I don't know what it is in your life that's a stronghold. I don't know what it is that's keeping you from living the life that God designed you to live. I don't know what it is that you can't get victory over, but why don't you look to the Lord Jesus Christ and the weapons of warfare that he's given you, of his word and of prayer, and why don't you, with his help and with his strength, pull down those strongholds? If we're going to be good soldiers of Jesus Christ, we need to begin believing and claiming every day, Romans 8.37, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Christian, if you're a saint, you need to become a servant. You need to stir up the gift of God within you and begin giving everything you have to the work of the Lord Jesus Christ at Metro Baptist Church and in this community. You need, to be doing, you need to be willing to do menial work and mission work. Whatever God calls you to do, no task too small, no task too big. And when it gets hard and when you feel like giving up and when you feel like you're too tired or too this or too that, look to the Lord Jesus Christ who didn't give up on you, who endured until the end. Look to him and believe and claim the promise that we are more than conquerors through him that loved us and become a soldier, a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And Father, I have no idea what all your people are facing, the battles that they may be struggling with right now, but I know 
whom I have believed. And I know that he is able to make all grace abound toward us, so that we always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. And Lord, the only thing keeping us from victory, the only thing causing us to give in to the devil's lies and to live defeated Christian lives, the only thing is our unbelief. And so God, we, we look to you and we ask that you would help us to just believe and trust in our captain and to follow him into battle this week. And Lord, when we're, when we're tired, when we're weary, when we don't feel like fighting anymore, we ask that your Holy Spirit would bring back to our hearts and minds what the Lord Jesus did for us. And Lord, may that motivate us every day to fight this good fight of faith. And Lord, when, we, uh, when we're sick and tired of it, help us to remember that it's a good fight, that it will be worth it all, that you will reward us. Oh God, I pray that you'd encourage your people in the battle this week. Please bless this brief invitation we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.